step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, world. Welcome once again to Tuesday Talk with Key West Lou. I am your host, Louis Patron. Well, this has been... An exciting week. This has been a terrible week. All kinds of bad things are happening in our country, and they're due to Donald Trump. And my conservative friends, some of you, most of you may not like hearing this, but you have to wake up and see what is going on. Because as I recently wrote, the blind cannot see, and you're not seeing. Uh, So I'm going to talk a little bit about Trump tonight. You've heard. You know, don't let the fox in the hen house. This past week, on two separate occasions, Trump has let the fox in the hen house. A few days ago, Russia's foreign minister and ambassador visited the White House. All right? They visited the Oval Office. Now, people are getting upset since that day in this country because of what happened, because Trump is released or disclosed some intelligence matters that he should not have disclosed. Uh, And what's even worse, uh, they didn't let American reporters in or American photographers. They let Russian reporters in and Russian photographers. And then Trump made himself look like a big guy probably, and he disclosed some information he should not have. I'm going to get back to this more in detail in a moment. I want to talk about the second Fox briefly, that he let in the hen house, and that was the president of Turkey. Today, he visited the White House. Like, the, like Trump's been having all these presidents flying in, a one-day visit, two-day visit, and it happened today, and the Turkish president came in with all the fanfare that they generally have. Now, it was quite obvious that Trump and the French president were not on speaking terms. Forget the language barrier, if there was one. They shook hands. Trump wanted to shake hands with fervor, you know, as all smiles. And the French, pre- I'm sorry, the Turkish president was very limp-handed. Uh, Trump, uh, his words that he spoke were, we're great friends. We're going to be better friends. We've always been friends. You helped us in Korea. You were great in World War II. MacArthur said he never saw fighters like the Turkish fighters. Very true, by the way, during World War II and in the Korean War. No fighters greater than the Turkish fighters. Uh, But the French president, he showed no enthusiasm, and his words were bland, blah, nothing, nothing of any significance. Now, we got to talk why. He shouldn't even have had Turkey there today, because it's been obvious for the last two or three months, Turkey and Russia are on the same side. And everything's money, my friends. Russia has great oil reserves, great natural gas reserves. 
last October, Turkey and Russia signed an agreement that a new natural gas line would be built from Russia to Turkey under the Black Sea and then from Turkey to Europe. Big money maker for Putin, big money maker for Turkey. It's called the Turkish Steam, Steam, S-T-E-A-M. That's what it's going to be, this thing, the natural gas that's going to flow from this new pipeline. I don't have to tell you how much money's involved in the construction. I don't have to tell you how much money Russia's going to make and Turkey's going to make you know, with this natural gas that they're going to receive and sell and move on. Now, Putin's even smarter. He, this guy is smart, smart, because nobody calls him on anything. They began construction on the pipeline. And when do you think they began construction? May 7th. A week ago, they started construction, nine days ago, on the pipeline, okay, knowing that this meeting between the Turkish president and Trump was going to take place today to say, see, here's what we're going to do. Who the hell needs you? Now, let me get to the disclosure of classified intelligence when he had Trump had the ambassador and foreign minister of Russia in the Oval Office with him. Big mistake what he did. Big mistake. Uh, just big. And the thing that irritates me, amongst other things, besides the disclosure, he lets the Russian photographers in, as I mentioned earlier, and reporters, bans the U.S. reporters and uh, photographers from the room. Uh, it's his way of punishing the American media, Trump's way of punishing the American media. Now, you know and I know he sucks up to Russia, he sucks up to Putin. He's done this from day one, during the primary season, during the campaign, since he's been elected president, while he's president, he's Putin's friend. There's no question about it. He never knocks this guy. It's absolutely amazing. You know, and I don't understand this unless these men have been in business before together, Trump and Putin, and I believe they have. But first, let me get to this. Trump calls Russia a friend. And he calls Canada, who's been our friend for well over 100 years, who's our biggest trade partner in the world, the enemy. He calls Canada our enemy, calls them enemy. So he suck, and he does this all over. Trump sucks up to the enemies like he did the Turkish president today because he's our enemy. He ain't on our side. Now, this past week, what else did he do? He fired James Comey, who uh, has been investigating the Russian collusion, uh, the Russian collusion with the Trump campaign team and involved in the presidential election. Okay. Uh, and what else did he do? He hired a prestigious, that's the term he used, Washington law firm, and they are, Morgan Lewis, uh, to issue a letter this past week on his tax returns for the last 10 years. Now, Morgan Lewis, guess, listen to this, this is terrific, was the Russia law firm of the year for 2016. That's right. They were recognized as the Russia Law Firm of the Year for 2016. Terrific, the law firm he has. And he just didn't get them. He's had them for years. Turns out they are Trump's tax lawyers. 
for years, going back, I don't know how many, but a long, long time. Now, in this letter that was sent out, I think, last Friday, uh, they said for the last 10 years his tax returns are fine. Uh, They show no income from Russian sources. Now, you've got to listen to this language, besides no income from Russian sources, and I'm going to quote this. Quote, through sole proprietorships, S-corporations, and diagonal or partnerships, unquote. This is the same language that was used during the campaign. Now, let me tell you this. A, a proprietorship means he owns it personally. A partnership, he owns a piece of something personally with someone else. An S-corporation does not mean he is operating as a corporation. You set up an, an S-corporation when you have a corporation. You want to keep the liability protection, but you don't want to pay double taxes. Or you don't want to pay corporate and personal taxes. And the tax law permits your income and or your losses to uh, run through the S-corporation to you personally, and then you deal with those numbers on your personal tax returns. Now, you have to understand, you do have to understand how Trump thinks about this. Go back to the campaign several times, and in the primary, too. He was accused of going bankrupt in Atlantic City. Uh, Three of the casinos shut down. Local workers got hurt. Construction workers got hurt. And I'm talking about economically. Turns out some of the biggest banks in the world located in New York City got hurt bad. He didn't pay anybody. He put them into bankruptcy. These were corporations he had that he put into bankruptcy. These were not proprietorships, sole proprietorships. They may have been as corporations, but that has nothing to do with what we're talking about. And they weren't partnerships. And... And he kept saying, I never went bankrupt. The corporations went bankrupt. That isn't me. The corporations went bankrupt. And he's technically correct. But you and I know, whether it's him personally or the corporation, it's his business. It was his cash flow, his income, and they went bankrupt. And he screwed a lot of people. And he's playing the same game now with Russia. They do not mention in the letter corporations. And I've got to believe, because he never did business individually, I've got to believe he did business as a corporation many times in Russia. This is my conjecture. Borrowed money from the Russians, was was in business with the Russians, et cetera, et cetera. And if we ever get his income tax returns, and that's the whole problem here, we need his income tax returns to show this. And I've got to believe that in the course of the investigation, somewhere along the way, those that have the power, and everybody, the Senate, Congress has the power, the, the FBI has the power, somebody's going to subpoena those tax returns. And then, if I'm right, he's dead. He's dead, dead, because it will show his connections with Russian businesses, corporations, etc. All right. Now, that's how I feel about this whole thing. Moving on. Staying with Trump. This past week also. Three former employees of his, I guess they were 30-year employees, uh, they no longer work for Trump, but they said that uh, he would bug telephone conversations. He tapped telephone conversations. This comes up because of either that the luncheon or the dinner between Comey and him uh, may have been taped 
we don't know. Subpoenas are out already or demands for for the, the tapes, if any exist. Not subpoenas, demands, I think, have been made first. Uh, so he's done it before. He may be doing it again. He may be doing it as president. And you recall, don't you, what brought Nixon down with Watergate? The tapes. <laughs> I want to go one further. Now, this is pretty heavy stuff I'm going to talk about now. Very heavy stuff. A Dutch documentary regarding Trump uh, was published on May 13th in Holland by Zembla TV, Z-E-M-B-L-A. They produced it, Zembla TV. And the documentary detailed Trump's ties to Russian oligarchs, to Russian oligarchs and Israeli mobsters. Russian oligarchs and Israeli mobsters. Uh, I'm just reporting what this documentary said. I'm even going to say the documentary alleges. I don't know if this is right or wrong. It's that heavy, folks. So I'll say the, it was alleged. It was alleged. Okay? And it was in two parts. The first part was the dubious, dubious friends of Donald Trump, the Russians. Now, Trump... It claims has extensive connections to Russia's ruling oligarchs. Those are the people that got rich after the Soviet Union, and they're really thieves at heart. Uh, there is one particular Russian mobster, Felix Sater, S-A-T-E-R, and it's alleged that he's involved in money laundering big time uh, for himself and for wealthy uh, Russians. And it's suggested, it's alleged, that Trump's involved with Sater with regard to the money laundering, alleged. Uh, now, it's been said Comey was fired because Trump didn't like what he, he was getting close on the collusion facts, factor with Russia regarding the election. This, this TV show uh, alleged that Comey was fired because he was getting close to the dark money and dubious business partners that Trump had. Okay, got that? Now we're going to go to part two of this uh, Dutch, docu Dutch documentary, which was called The King of Diamonds. I even learned something here, The King of Diamonds. And this was with regard to Trump's alleged relationship with the Israeli billionaire Lev Levy, L-E-V-I-E-V, Lev Vivev. I don't pronounce it right, but the spelling's L-E-V-I-E-V. -E -E now, Levith is suspected of trading in blood diamonds. Now, I didn't know what the hell a blood diamond was, and I had to look it up. A blood diamond is a term used for a diamond mined in a war zone and sold to finance an insurgency, an invading army's war efforts, or a warlord's activities. And this documentary says, okay, it says, it alleges that Trump and his son-in-law, Jared Kushner, are involved with African war zone diamond mines. African war zone diamond mines. Now, I don't know why our media haven't picked it up and spread it, reported on it, allegedly. Let's find out if this is true. Let's see. Uh, it's interesting. It goes deep. And let me tell you, once you start digging, you never know what you're going to come up with. 
in these things. Which now brings me to, we're done with Trump. How's that? We're done with Trump for tonight. Took me half the show, but I thought it was all interesting, important, and in some respects, many respects, eye-opening. Black people have had a hard time in this country. Uh, you may agree or not agree with me. I don't know. But, you know, it, the Civil War has been over 150 years, and black people still have a hard time in this country, whether it's voting, pay, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, it, it, out of the prejudice, long time in this country. It doesn't seem to go away. Now, what's happened is the black students, and I'm going to describe them as students of color because that's what they prefer to be called students of color, which involve the blacks and anyone else of color, are getting ballsy, the young ones, on college campuses, those going to college. They want rights for the blacks. They feel the black people have been subjugated for more than 150 years, and it's about time recognition was given. I think we gave a hell of a lot of recognition to this problem, but they want more recognition and they're ballsy. I mean, they. It, this is like, the last time it was like this was during the Vietnam War when students would attack administration buildings and have sit-ins because they didn't want the war to go on. And that was everybody's color was, was in that game then. Well, what's happening is uh, you've got these black groups on college campuses saying, we want more black rights, you're not paying attention to our heritage, et cetera, et cetera. And I think, unfortunately and improperly, college administrations are sucking up to these kids and doing what they want. American University, an example. American University. They felt they needed a place on campus, the black students, the students of color, so they could meet and socialize and bitch and do whatever they wanted to do. And there was an American University, they call this a sanctuary. They want a sanctuary where non-whites could not attend. Non-whites, they say it, could not attend. Only people of color. Sanctuaries, a sanctuary from the white people. You know, it, it, to me, this all sounds like we're going back historically instead of ahead. Anyhow, American University, you know... You, you, I'm going to, how do I put it? You spit at me, I'm going to spit at you. You're, you piss on me, I'm going to piss on you. I don't know if that's true, but those are sayings that go around. The white students got aggravated with the colored students uh, at American University, and some of the white students went around hanging bananas. You put the relationship together, hanging bananas. This upset the, the, the black population on campus, and they ended up, putting out a list, a multi-list, many items of protests uh, against the university, against the white students, on behalf of themselves, the black students. And one of the things they demanded and one of the things they want, and I quote, was a student lounge to be a sanctuary for blacks only, again, no whites. Well, American University, this was a couple of months ago, was getting ready to open the Bridge Cafe on campus. Uh, and when it opened, it's six weeks ago, instead of opening as a uh, cafe for all the students, regardless of color, the university designated a sanctuary for people of color 
only for the rest of the semester. Well, the semester's coming to an end. I don't know what's going to happen in the next month, but I guarantee you something will happen. I'm going to stay with the black-white issue again for a moment. Uh, it's These are stupid things. In other words, we have come to a point, and I don't know if it's right or wrong. My thinking is it's wrong, but we've come to a point in our society uh, where the blacks are standing up for their rights. That sounds foolish the way I'm putting it, but they're standing up and saying, we're not, we're not going to take your shit anymore. And I think a lot of this was precipitated by the police officers shooting blacks when they shouldn't have shot blacks. That's simple. Uh, so here's what they come up with now. And, you know, have Black Lives Matter and the Black Lives Matter group of Toronto, co-founded by Yura Cogley. Yura Cogley. She's got to be a tough one, this lady, i got to tell you. Uh, anyhow, and she said, blacks are superior, naturally superior. And it's very understandable why blacks are superior to whites. You can tell from... The color of a, a, the skin, a white person's skin, proves the white is defective. They're selling this, by the way, my friends. They're selling it all over this country, too, that whites are subhuman to blacks, what I'm explaining to you now. And they say that it's because of the enzyme inhibitors and the melanin production, okay? And whites are defective. Because the melanin present at the inception of life is not as good as the melanin that the black people have. They have color. The whites don't. That's a deficiency that makes them subhuman because if they were human, they would be black as the people of color are. That's what they're promoting now. Uh, Okay. Now, I don't think this is the way to fight the battle. Uh, But on the other hand... I don't know if I can blame them. It's been over 150 years, and really things are better, but they haven't gotten better, better. And we've got to do something. We're still fighting the Civil War in this country. And the whites are doing it, too. When you try to take away voting rights and all these other things, uh, the war still goes on. And it's being promoted primarily by old whites and southern whites. Let's talk about credit agencies for a moment. We all love credit agencies. I mean, your score's got to be over 700, or you've got problems. It costs you more money to buy or rent. If your, your credit is very low, you can't rent an apartment today. They all require a credit search. Well, the credit agencies have been viewed as the gods of the credit uh, industry. Uh, gods. And, well, they screw around and they cheat just came out. I'm talking about Equifax and TransUnion. Equifax and TransUnion, uh, they recently were required to pay $23 million in fines and restitution. I repeat, $23 million in fines and restitution for misrepresenting scores provided consumers for misrepresenting scores. They should have their testicles cut off. All right. And both were obviously abusing their power for their own financial gain. Somehow the way the money works, they got more money. I want to go to Sweden now. 
I believe it was last week or the week before on this show, or maybe it was in my uh, uh, the, my daily video. I'm doing so much now. I, I can't remember where I talked about something. Uh, and I do repeat because some things re, re, are deserving of repetition. But I, I talked about we're going to be a cashless society. China's well on its way. Uh, no money anymore. You're going to use a debit card or a credit card, and that's going to really, we're going to skip that, I think, and we're going to go to an app. So when you go out to buy a T-shirt, you go out to buy a car, you buy a ticket to the movie theater, you take out your cell phone, you bring up the app, and you flash the app across uh, wherever it's got to be flashed, and the money's taken out of your account. That's simple to buy anything. Just make sure you got money in the bank. All right, Sweden is probably, percentage-wise, the country that is the most cashless. They are close to a perfect cashless society, something like 95% cashless. Now, you have to think, what happens when they got to pay money in situations where I never thought I'd have to pay with an app? The collection basket in church. The collection basket in church. Now, I don't know how they're doing it, but they're collecting, they're, they're collecting, they are, make, they are receiving their collection monies via the app. Now, I don't know if there are numbers in the basket that you flash against. I don't know if you, fly, you, you do the app thing on the way into church or out of church. But the way they're taking, God, this is the way the article read, God is taking in collection money today via an app in Sweden. God has graduated to accepting digital payments. No disrespect to the Lord. I think it is amusing, though. Venezuela. I'm going to give you a Venezuela update. I haven't done one in a long time. Venezuela. I don't know why the people don't revolt. I've been saying this for four four years. Nicolas Maduro is their president. He's a first-class whore. He's the worst president any country could have. Uh, Different, just as bad as Trump, but worse in a different way. Uh, just to bring you up to date, they were, Venezuela ran out of toilet paper in less than a year after Maduro became president. They ran out of toilet paper, a necessity of life. They still run out of toilet paper four years later. They ran out of jobs. They ran out of food. People were so desperate to eat, even today, that they killed their cats and their dogs, the pets, and ate them. Then they attacked the zoos and took the animals and ate them. Then they ate the grass off the earth, so the earth is bare now. There's nothing left to eat but dirt. And the people are still starving. Now, the people are out in the streets protesting the last two months. By the hundreds of thousands, they are protesting. Yet they do nothing but protest. And the reason why is the government is under control of the affluent people, the rich people, the politically powerful people, whose puppet is Nicolas Maduro. And what happens is this. Uh, the judges, their Supreme Court, is controlled by Maduro's people. So every time Congress, their Congress, uh, passes laws to shape Maduro up to, to, <laughs> to have an election, just to schedule it, we're going to have an election in two months. The Supreme Court says it's illegal because we said two years ago Congress was illegal so they can pass no laws. Maduro's power is that 
he has the generals on his side. The generals really run the country. Everyone's getting rich. Maduro, the generals, and the people that were rich before. But the general people aren't getting rich. All they do is complain now. And there are demonstrations and protests every day in the tens of thousands. I am not exaggerating. Uh, some people get arrested and be sent to jail. They're fighting the army. They're afraid to really get violent. And I, don't, I think unless they get violent, it's going to continue the way it has been in Venezuela. The interesting thing, too, is um, Maduro for three years kept the people on his side. We're in the fourth year. And the way he did it, or one of the ways he did it, and this was a major item, was the way Castro kept his people on his side by saying the Americans are going to invade us. We have to, you know, we have to have our defenses up and be ready to fight. Maduro says all our problems are the fault of the United States, and we have to be ready to fight. And the people bought this bullshit for a period of time. Okay, you ever heard John Tyler? He's president of the United States. Uh, Tippecanoe and Tyler, too. Tippecanoe went with William Henry Harrison. He won a battle, and I think it was a big battle, Tippecanoe. Tyler was his vice president. Uh, Harrison died within 31 days of becoming president. Tyler became president now by succession. He was 54 years old. His, his wife had died previously. Her, uh, her name was Latita. She had died in 1842, two years earlier. Uh, Tyler was unhappy. He wanted a wife. He, he's 54. He fell in love with 24-year-old Julia Gardner. And the reason I'm sharing this with you is because this 54-year-old man and his wife, she gave birth to seven of John Tyler's children. Uh, this old man did very well in producing children. And he also was a good president, by the way. This is the show for this week. I hope you have enjoyed it. I look forward to doing with it. I'll be back with you again next week. I'm doing a live video on Facebook. Become my friend, Key West Lou, and watch the video. It's two, three minutes a day. Uh, I yell and scream a little bit about some item, and I, I believe you will find it enjoyable, interesting, and in many instances, eye-opening. Have a good evening. Good to have been with you again. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.